Well, thanks for listening to the Young Life Midlands podcast. Again, we got an awesome seminar here about um, what does it look like to be a wildlife leader? Now, next door was a Young Lives Club, so you'll hear some singing in it for a little bit, but hang in there because the content is awesome and the music will eventually die away. So without further ado, here it looks like to lead wildlife. Thomas. Um, I'm on staff in Charleston, South Carolina. We're trying to get some of our fun <laughs> extras working. Um, yeah, come on. I'm on staff in Charleston. I've been there for five years, led wildlife for four years in college, um, and then became the wildlife director in Charleston. We have four wildlife there, um, and I've led at the same school for nine years, which is really fun. I've only ever led wildlife. I don't know much about high school, um, but I really, really like middle schoolers, and so I'm excited to be with you. This is Debbie Hobart. Some of you might know her. She is a long time, um, I don't know how long you've been on staff, but a long time. time. She's been doing wildlife for a long time um, and and really is an expert in in middle schoolers. And so um, that is us. We really are excited you're here. Thank you. Thank you for loving middle schoolers. Thank you for um, coming and learning what does it look like to open the Bible with them. We are going to really kind of speed through some things just for sake of time. We want to get you the information. I would say take notes, you know, bring, get out a notebook and a pen or your phone if you don't have one. Take some notes and then we would love to answer questions. This will maybe feel a little bit like drinking out of a fire hose and you're trying to just take in as much as you can get. But our hope is that these different kind of things we talk about, that you could take them home and process them with your wildlife team with your staff person, with a friend, and kind of figure out how does that fit in. Also, side note, I think Young Lives is doing a club over there. It might get a little bit loud, but just beware of that. Um, So today, we are gonna talk about, um, I'm gonna share for a little bit and then I'll pass it over to Deb. We're gonna talk about campaigners and discipling middle schoolers, reading the Bibles with middle schoolers. You know, we've done these seminars before and um, for some reason this year, it just felt like we were getting a lot of questions about that. How do you do that? How do you disciple middle schoolers? How do we take them a step deeper? Should we take them a step deeper? What does that look like? And we felt like maybe it was a good time to kind of share some of that stuff. And so um, I want to start just by sharing kind of why. Why do we spend time with middle schoolers? Why do we go deeper with them? I have heard people ask the question before, like, can middle schoolers read scripture? Can middle schoolers memorize scripture? Can middle schoolers open the Bible? Does that really work? And and here's what I would say. is one, yes, they can. I have seen, I have experienced middle schoolers dive into scripture and understand it and understand truths that I don't even fully know that I understand in a way that I I don't understand because of where their mind is and where their head is. There's Young Lives Club, going for it. Um, So yes, and, and here's a couple things I would say. The habits that you make in middle school, you are gonna form for the rest of your life, okay? I sleep in all the time. I hate getting up early. 10 a.m. is like my best time. You know why? Because when I was in middle school, that's what my family did. We slept in. That's who we were. We stay up late, right? I watch the same type of shows that I watched back then. Obviously, some of that has changed, but it's the same ideas. The way that I interact with people, a lot of that comes from those years. When I was in middle school, when I was in high school, when I was forming those habits, and now the reason I don't exercise I never exercised in middle school, right? So now I'm trying to break that and learn to exercise and learn to do those things. And so middle school is this beautiful time where they're just learning, right? They're moldable. They're open to these ideas. And if we can show them, hey, when you have questions, 
when you have concerns, scripture answers them. If we can show them, hey, it's okay, it's good even to read scripture every day. If we can get them in these habits now, it'll change the rest of their life. And some of that, I think they might drop um, when they get to high school or college, but it'll be there and they'll kind of pick it back up. So I'd say these are formative years and, and if we can build those habits now, it'll change their high school. Um, the other thing I would say is this, you know this, middle schoolers are searching for identity everywhere. They are searching to be loved. I was with a um, middle school girl at a basketball game in December, I drove her home and I said, hey, how are you feeling about Christmas break? And she said, um, she said a couple things. She said, I'm really nervous about eating. I'm really nervous about what I'm gonna eat. I don't wanna gain weight. This is a girl that is like beautiful, looks the right way, has all the friends, athletic, star in all the plays at school, like has everything together. And yet she's worried about what she's gonna look like and how she's gonna eat. Then she told me she had a volleyball tournament. So that was gonna help her because she was gonna work out, right? But she said, I have to do well. I'm worried that I'm not gonna make the team. She's finding her identity in performance. And then she started talking about her boyfriend who she wants to break up with but her friends don't want her to, and just this idea of relationships, and um, they really are loud over there. But she is looking for her identity in a million different places as a 12-year-old, in the way she looks, in her performance, in her relationships, and so we get the chance to step in, and I got the chance in that day to show her scripture of, hey, none of those things, you don't find your identity there. You find them in who the Lord created you to be, and that is a great, um, sweet thing. And the other thing I would say is just not many people are opening scripture with middle schoolers. Not a ton of people are doing it, so we get the chance to. I'll say this. I met the Lord in eighth grade. Um, I went to a camp with my leader. She was 50. I went to her 50th birthday party that year. And she's great. We called her Graham D. Um, I went to her grandkids' birthday party that year, too. It was awesome. But I met the Lord, and um, as soon as I got home, that was going into my eighth grade year, she took her and a couple of my friends, we would all do this weekly Bible study, and we did that from eighth to 10th grade. Okay, so literally probably at least like 200 times I opened scripture with that woman, and I remember one, I remember one lesson, one thing that really sticks out to me. All the rest, I have no idea what we talked about, I have no idea what we said, but this is what I do know, is that when I got to high school, when I got to college, and I started to figure out for myself, what does it look like to be a woman of God? I knew you read scripture. I knew when I had questions about life, you go to scripture. I knew that there were truths in there that were formative that I could rely on when the rest of the world was telling me lies and I didn't know. And that all came just because she was willing to push and open scripture with me and my friend group, and that was there forever. And so that would kind of be my encouragement. Why do we do it? Because middle schoolers need to hear it. Because we want them to grow in their faith. They're able. We want to push them to know Christ more. We want to push them to love their friends more. And they're able. And so that's kind of the whys behind it. I think as things get hard, as campaigners or discipleship or you're talking to a kid and they don't want anything to do with it, as that gets hard, remember those whys. Those will be the things that kind of steer you through. Um, I wanted to just a couple things. Raise your hand if you have a campaigners for your middle school. No shame if you don't. Okay. A lot of you. Some of you. Um, there are a lot of different ways to do campaigners, but I think that is the best tool that we have for this idea of reading the Bible with middle schoolers. I remember when I started leading, we didn't have it, and um, that's good. Yeah, they sound great. The first, I remember the first time Danielle and middle schoolers had campaigners, there were two girls that came, 
but it was a start. And now nine years later, we have something stable that kids come to and know. And so I would encourage you, if you're not having campaigners, start to pray and look at, hey, how can we use that as a safe place to open scripture with middle schoolers? What will that look like in your area? And so a couple things I want to point out for you on that. Um, I would recommend, these are just real practical. I'd recommend making that um, a monthly, part of your monthly schedule. I would say no less than twice a month. And I would say just make it routine. In Charleston, we have um, college leaders, kids can bike places. So we have a little bit of a sweet circumstance where we do club every Monday and campaigners every Wednesday. The same as a normal high school would do it. I realize not everyone does that. Debbie, their area doesn't quite have that. But they do club maybe the first and third Monday of the week or of the month and then campaigners the second and fourth. So I would say at least have it twice a month. Um, and make it just part of your schedule. Hey, this is just what we do every month. Communicate that with parents. Um, that could be a night. That could be mornings at a bagel shop. That could be kind of a bunch of different ways. But make sure that you have it kind of in your schedule. And then it just becomes, then it's not this weird like, oh, she wants to open the Bible with me. Or, oh, he changed the topic. Nope, this is just what we do. This is what Campaigners is. This is who we are. Come and do it with us. Um, the other thing I would say is just helpful is I would recommend, and, and Debbie would agree, splitting up girls and guys. Um, I think at this age, uh, you know, in high school they live, their world is really interconnected. And in middle school that's starting, but it's not there, right? You look at the middle school dance, the boys are on one side and the girls are on the other. And every once in a while the brave one kind of breaches and, you know, everyone likes them, whatever. But their lives, it, it really is separate. So I would say split that have girls and guys separate. Um, you can do that a bunch of different ways, but I would at least make sure they're separate. And then I think you wanna think through for your school, how does that work grade-wise? Do you wanna split grades? Do you have the leaders to split grades? Do you not want to? I think there's benefits to all of that. Um, I, I think sixth and eighth graders can be really different. And so some years we've done like seventh and sixth together and eighth grade has their own. This year we're doing all together and there's a beauty in that too. We had campaigners just a week ago and we played the game family kind of to start things off. And um, when we started the night, the eighth grade girls are over here, the sixth grade girls are over here, the seventh grade girls are like kind of bridging the gap in the middle a little bit, but not really. And everyone's just kind of talking. And then um, Ella Butler, she won. She was like the family leader and she got a sixth grade girl and they came on her family and it all changed. And all of a sudden the room felt like, hey, we're just one. We're just one group of people, we're not separated. And there is a beauty in that. So I would say that's kind of a, something for your area to kind of figure out what that looks like. Um, the other real practical, I would say, at one point you guys are gonna have to cheer so that we can outdo them. Um, but the other real practical I would say is um, timing, what that looks like. I think, um, I would say about 30 minutes is a great time frame for opening scripture with middle schoolers. If you can go a little longer and you have that attention and you're engaging and maybe you're doing some activities in there, then I think you can do that. Ours tends to be a little closer to probably 45 minutes. Um, but also I think, you know, if you are in a room where, hey, 15 minutes, that's a win, then that's a win. And let yourself off the hook of, I have to have this hour and a half depth conversation. That just might not be it. For a sixth grade boy, sitting and opening scripture and talking and asking questions and answering those for 10 minutes, that's a good thing. And so be okay with that. I, I think sometimes we have these expectations of what that could look like. Um, again, I think 30 minutes is a good goal, but if that ends up being 20, then that's okay. If it ends up being 15, hey, if it's 10, then that's a win. 
um, and a good thing. So a couple other just real practicals, and then we'll get into some fun kind of how, how to read the Bible and some good te- techniques that you can use. Um, you want to create a safe environment. Middle schoolers at this age are experiencing a ton of newness, right? Their bodies are changing. Their minds are changing. They're realizing for the first time that people are looking at them. They never realized that. Like, you know, like a kindergartner in kindergarten will stand up and sing any song to you at any minute. And then all of a sudden something hits in fifth and sixth grade and they are afraid out of their mind to get in front of you because they realized, oh, you're looking. Not only are you looking, you're judging, right? And you're watching me and you're comparing. And so we want to we create a safe environment for them to experience the Lord, that that would be a reflection of the Lord, that he is safe. He is somewhere they can question and doubt and feel okay about themselves. Um, someone, I heard it said recently, our job, they're going through all these changes, and our job is to validate those changes. And that can be hard, right, when you hear things like petty arguments or um, drama that's silly, and you just want to say, like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's not going to affect you in 10 years. Hey, for them, it really does. And so we need to validate those feelings. Yeah, I get that. Man, that's hard. Yeah, I understand that. I've felt that before. And then normalize them, right? And it's normal what you're feeling. It's normal that you're going through that. It's normal that that's happening. Um, And then the other thing I would say is I think we create this safe culture. We create this place where kids can be open and feel safe. And that starts with us. That starts the way we interact with them. We've all been there when you say some joke sarcastically and you think it's going to be really funny and then you watch the girl or guy take it and you're like that wasn't funny they took that way too hard to heart right now they're upset so we need to be really careful and then I would say and and, you know I I think especially for boys but I don't even really feel like I can say that the seventh grade girls we have right now they just tear each other down all the time and so at our campaigners we just don't talk like that about people We just don't talk about other people who aren't in the room like that. We don't talk about each other like that. This is a safe place. And and I've always said, too, hey, I know that you want to gossip, but here's the deal. If that girl were in this room and she wanted to talk about you, I wouldn't let her because I love you that much that this is a safe place. And so you want to make sure that that um, is true of your campaigners. Okay, a couple other practicals. Don't be afraid to move. Middle schoolers have energy. They're figuring out life, their bodies, their questions. So move. If you, um, we do campaigners, it's technically an hour and a half. The first 45 minutes of that is baking cookies and laughing together and asking questions and hanging out, playing basketball, football, whatever that is. Give them some space and time to just be kids, to get energy out, to move, to do all those things. Um, And then I would say incorporate movement into your lessons. The best campaigners that I've ever seen is um, we read the paralyzed man when they kind of bring him through the roof. And we took someone and we taped magazines around their legs, their knees, and their elbows. And we figured out what it would be like to be paralyzed. And we saw what that was like. And then we tried to pick them up and move them across the room. But it's this idea of they, a couple things. One, they're concrete thinkers. And so for them to concretely see that and experience that is a lot easier than just having to imagine what it would be like. And two, it gives them a chance to move and be a part of things. So incorporate that into your lesson. I've seen a ton of different things. I've seen people build house of cards and look at, you know, what are we building our life on? I've seen, we had a leader once that like we wrote our anxieties on an egg and then threw it out the door. You know, so it could be anything. That's probably a silly one, but think through that. How can you get kids moving and engage them? Engage them in what you're doing. Um, One more kind of real quick practical I'd say is phones obviously are a huge deal. Kids are always on their phones. Um, I would say we do phone Django where we like stack them up 
and you can't touch it until the end. Um, you could put them in a basket. I think if you create that culture from the beginning, it's not weird anymore. Now it's just, hey, we play film Jenga, and the girl that's new that doesn't know what it is, she doesn't ask questions because everyone else does it, and she does it too. Two good things about that. One, you lose all the distractions. I'd make sure they turn their ringers off. Been there before. Um, but two, we teach them how to have relationships without phones. They don't know how to do that. They default to phones and to screens. And we get to say, hey, the conversation got awkward and hard. Well, you don't have to look at a phone. You can look at me, and we'll figure it out together. And so that's a blessing. I would always have that. Um, one other uh, just practical, I think, is kids in this age. There's going to be a live mouse over there, so I don't know if that was it, but we're going to hear it. Um, kids at this age, every adult in their life thinks they know better than them. Their coaches, their teachers, even parents, most adults think that they know what's right for them, right? They know what they're teaching them. They know how to study. They know what, how to get the best sports. They know how to be the best on stage. And we get the chance to say, hey, we want to discover this with you, that you're smart, you're intelligent, that you have questions and doubts that are valid. And so we want to do that with you. So ask questions. This is not a time for you to just spew out everything you know, but it is a time for them to get to ask questions for you to ask questions, what would that have been like? Why do you think God said that? What would you have thought if you were in their shoes? Ask those questions, let them learn from themselves, and then guide them in that. When, you know, when they say something crazy, validate, oh, I understand why you think that, but share with them the truth of the gospel. Um, and then kind of the last piece that I will point on is, um, I think that is great for kind of the masses, this campaigner meeting. You may have a couple kids who do want to go deeper, and I would encourage you, don't shy away from a, a smaller discipleship group. Every year in the spring, I grab some eighth grade girls who I feel like, hey, if they're there, that they really are ready to go deeper. And I say, hey, why don't we still do campaigners, still do that with everyone, but why don't we do a little bit more and go a little deeper? And um, that's never exclusive. All are welcome. But my experience has been that the girls and kids that do want to go a little deeper will kind of come. And we just opened the Bible. I did it last year. And... Um, I normally will do it after weekend camp. That's a great time. You kind of gauge it and can move on. I did it last year. We did it at a bagel shop in the morning. Um, we read every week they came. They had read a small piece of scripture. We just walked through Matthew and asked a couple questions. But it was some girls or some guys who really want to go deeper and want to learn. It's okay to do that with them in a different place. I would encourage it. Not every kid needs to be at the same level. And so that can be a sweet thing. Think and pray, hey, who are my three? Who are my three that I really want to go deep with, that I really want to love well, that I really want to push in this idea of reading scripture and knowing Christ? And how can I do that? That might be meeting once a month. That might be meeting every week. It might be meeting, you know, they have half days, twice a, twice a month. Maybe I'll do it then. But what does that look like? And every leader doesn't have to be involved in that on your team. They can be. A couple can come. But I think, I think sometimes we lose, we want to do something for everything and we lose sight of. There might be a few who really are ready to go a little bit deeper, who really are ready to ask questions, to be held accountable to reading scripture, that sort of thing. Um, and I will pass it over to Deb after this, but um, kind of the last thing I want to leave you with is just this, that our, our world is capturing middle schoolers' minds, right? There are social media, there is friendships, relationships, all of this stuff that is just capturing middle schoolers' minds. And it's not healthy, right? And they're filling their minds with lies, where they have to find life, who they have to be, all of those different things. They're fighting for their attention and we have to fight the same way. We have to capture their minds. 
We have to fight that we are going to capture your mind with truth and scripture. And when that's hard and you leave a campaigner meeting or you leave a time with some middle school boys and you think, man, they didn't catch any of that, we still have to keep fighting. And we still have to keep trying and we still have to keep capturing their mind so that when they can come, when things get hard, they can come back to those truths and we can teach them how to read those things. So those are some practicals. I wanna hand it to Deb. She's gonna walk through just some creative ways, like, okay, now that I have this campaigner meeting, now that we're together, what do we do? How do we actually read scripture? How can we do that in a creative way? Um, she's gonna share something out with you. There you go. Take that. Hey, we, we are going to walk you through the most practical, like I can take this home and use it in Bible study next week and use it in campaigners next week. So the first thing I would say, um, one is you can take pictures of the screen, but I will have Jordan put these files together for you and send them out. The other thing that we're going to do is Tracy and I, there is a, um, we need to get, if you are somebody who wants to be on an email list specific to wildlife, we're going to pass that around and let you guys put your email address on there and we will make sure it gets added so that you get all this material. Um, I'll pass it around now. Okay, she's passing it around now while we're speaking. Okay, so I um, learn best when I'm actually doing it myself. So I need everybody to pull out a pen and a blank piece of paper. If you don't have one, get one for the person next to you. And the first thing that we're going to do, I've got a scripture up here. It's very short, probably familiar to lots of you. But um, one of the ways that, these are just different ways, like Tracy said, to capture their minds. And because they're concrete thinkers, um, we've got to do things that help them along and help them figure that out. So two things right off the bat. One, for us, the best thing that you can do for campaigners is prepare well. So you need to know your scripture really well. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't, it's two o'clock, campaigners is at four. Don't start then. Um, make sure you're prepared. And then you're going to write down about that scripture as many questions as you possibly can. That's not what we're doing right now. But that's what you're gonna do when you're preparing for stuff. After that, um, I just lost my train of thought. But, so this is what we're doing next. So you are going to copy, oh, I know where I was, sorry, coming back. Okay, the other thing that you wanna do is you want to start, whatever scripture it is, you want to read it out loud first. And the reason that you wanna read it first instead of having one of them read it first is there's gonna be some words in there that they don't know or can't pronounce. And if they try to get there and they get stuck, that's really embarrassing for them at this age. So the best thing to do is to read it aloud all the way through, you first, and then you can go around the circle and say, okay, we're gonna read that again. Um, and then everybody can read a sentence. Get creative with how you do it, whether it's a little section or whether it's a sentence, but then have, it, have them read it again. Because the number one thing for us and them is that the more we hear it, the more we um, mimic or copy or repeat, the more it sinks into them. 
So we're going to try some of these now. We're going to look at the scripture. We're going to do it in several different ways. So the first thing that we're going to do, I'm going to give you just a minute, but I want you to copy this scripture word for word on a piece of paper. It looks like some of you might be finished. Okay, so what did you notice when you did that? When you copied that, what are some of the things that you noticed? You had to look at it a lot, so you had to go back and forth, which was really hilarious to watch your heads bob up and down looking at it. I mean, you had to go back a lot. Um, what else? Spent more time in it. You spent more time in it, which is absolutely what we want to do, spend more time in the Word. So, But you spend more time thinking about it. You looked at it word for word. You looked at it word for word. Were there any specific words that sort of jumped out at you? Trust, acknowledge, all of those kinds of things are questions that you can ask as they do that. Why do you think trust jumped out at you? Why did acknowledge jump? What does it mean? What does acknowledge mean? Um, you can start um, asking them questions. I think it's interesting too that when we, have full disclosure, I steal most of what I'm telling you. Um, so we just went to uh, a divisional wildlife rally, Tracy and I did back in November, and went to this seminar that we're reteaching you. Um, they have a lot more time than we do. Uh, but it was really interesting to learn all of this and go, oh my gosh, this is genius to do it this way, because it really does sink in and you want the scripture to sink in. But it's interesting as when you copy and if you looked at people's papers around you, some of you would, would, as you read it, you would maybe you would start with trust in the Lord, and then you would go back and say, with all your heart, whereas some people would do that whole thing together. Just the way that you write it down is interesting, um, the way that you break up the passage. Okay, but so now they've heard it out loud. They've copied it. Um, and then I'm going to go through some slides. Yeah, you just click on those. Um, but we're just going to go through all kinds of different ways that you can do this. Okay, so here's a fun thing that you can do with a passage of Scripture as well. So you take some emojis, um, speak their language, and have them, as they read that passage, they're going to draw a really simple emoji around, you know, in the passage. Here's a couple of things. One, if they... Um, if you're in your campaigner group, you can print off the scripture. Sometimes I like to write right in my Bible. I would do it right in my Bible. Um, and so I've got lots of notes and highlights and all kinds of things in my Bible. But you could print it off for them, double space it, and let them do this kind of thing. Um, it, it just makes it easy and fun. I would say, I don't know whether this is true for the guys, but for the girls, colored pens, colored highlighters, the more fun you make it with the stuff that's there, it just makes them think about it more. So you guys take what you just read and or what you just did and now go through it again and everywhere that one of those things sort of pops up, put that emoji on that word. Okay, because of time, I'm gonna keep going, but these are just tidbits so that you sort of see what you can do with them. 
Um, Tracy brought up a good point. You should bring, if you're having campaigners anywhere else, well, it doesn't really matter where you're having campaigners, but you need extra Bibles. I have a big bin in the back of my car. I've uh, been at my house. If campaigners is at my house, I always have enough Bibles for probably everybody in the room. Even though, and um, we give candy bars for people that remember bringing their Bible. Um, so that's incentive too. So, but make sure that they bring a Bible. That way you have different versions of the Bible too. So as different people are reading, you might be able to read different translations. And so that's, that's nice to have too. Um, okay, so these are just some of the different questions that you could ask about all of that. I just, and there's probably, you know, a thousand more. But the whole point is, is that plan for these. Think of every possible question. You may not get, you won't usually get to all of them, but you'll have plenty. And you want to, whenever you can, ask as many open-ended questions as possible. Because again, it's not about us talking. It's about getting them to talk and them to process. And they're not all difficult questions, but it's okay to have some difficult questions in there. But a lot of them are questions that any of them can answer because it's just about what they've heard and read. Okay, go to the next one. Okay, so we did this um, when we were out there and it was the most fun thing. Um, but this is just another way to do something different with the Bible. Um, but this is from 1 Corinthians 13. But then what you can do is you can say it's exactly what it says. If I, and then they have to insert something about themselves, um, but didn't love, I would be, and then they have to complete it. We, um, <laughs> Tracy and I, ironically, both have golden retrievers, and that's, uh, we chose, we did this thing, um, the Lord is my shepherd. Instead of the Lord is my shepherd, we did the Lord is my golden retriever. Um, and I think that's actually the next slide, maybe. Ah, yes. So this is the next one. But you can do all these kinds of things and um, fill those in. And this is an example. The Lord is my third base coach. I like nothing. He tells me when to run. He tells me when to stay. He waves me into home. Really simple. We did it with our leadership team. And it was so fun and so eye-opening because we sort of, we know each other well, but then we really got an insight um, to who people were about what they chose. Um, so that is a fun activity to do in campaigners. It's different. They learn that scripture passage and then you do it and make it a little bit more personal to them. So that's another one. Um, okay. Okay, I've got other stuff. But um, resources, besides that thing that we said, here are some other places that you could find things. I think that the one thing that really struck me at the seminar was that I'm always looking for um, campaigner lessons and, and things to do. And Crystal, the girl that ran the seminar, said, held up her Bible and said, this is all you need. If you've got a Bible, you can have campaigners anywhere. That's all you need. Um, you just need to pick a scripture or pick a passage and study it for yourself, figure out how to apply it to middle schoolers, pick a way that you're going to present it that's fun, um, and then just do it. And you can do it in creative ways.
So um, these are some different things. We have a wildlife toolbox. Some of these things I'm not sure whether you are aware of. Um, staff resources last year, Julie Clapp, who's in charge of wildlife for the um, nationally, re took everything that was on the staff website and, and redid it so that she made sure that it was relevant, they added new staff, but they are really in the process of making wildlife better. And so it's got new stuff on it, and if you just go type in wildlife, click on the wildlife toolbox, there's stuff in there. Some of the stuff that we're going to continue to talk about is um, if you click on discipleship a dozen ways to bible dive is um, crystal kirgis is i guess the way you pronounce her last name but she is incredible she's got great material um the wildlife leader blog which is is not quite as up to date as the young life leader blog but there's tons of good information on there um so i would suggest going there because there is a lot of stuff there Wildlife Help always has some good stuff um, and the Young Life Leader blog. They, we have started doing something. If you get the, if your area director forwards you the weekly newsletter from the region or May, that's why we need your emails because we can do this. But each week we send out now a window to wildlife um, in our weekly newsletter that has, whether it's a new wildlife club or a club idea or how to study the Bible with middle schoolers or whatever it is, we try to pinpoint something about wildlife each week so that you've got a new tool or resource. Um, let me read just a couple more of these things. But like I said, we'll send you this sheet and a lot of these will be on there. Okay. I think one of the things that um, you can do, you want them to make it theirs. Um, so you can have them, let's go back to the, mm -hmm. sorry. No, you're good. Go back to the scripture and then we can, the first one. Yes. So the, the scripture that you copied, you can do all kinds of things with this. You can have them circle specific words or underline things or put squiggly lines under stuff. You can, um, have them do all that. Just like we did with the emojis, you can just do it with circling and underlining and putting a square or a box or something around that. Um, you can do that, but you want them to make it their own. And you want them to mark it up um, because that's just fun. It's fun if they're marking it up. Um, pay attention, one of the things that they told us was to pay attention to big, tiny words. Um, so words like so, but, if, then, because, because and therefore a little longer. But um, a lot of times those words connect the scripture or have bigger meaning. So have them pay attention. Maybe one of the things is, is that they go through and circle all the big tiny words. I mean, then you talk about how they connect that to the scripture. You can have them sort of, um, you can have them do things creatively like turn it how would you turn this scripture into a t-shirt design what would that look like what if you were what if it was a tattoo what would a tattoo of this scripture look like for you and then have them doodle or draw that um, and then explain it just different things and different ways to get creative with making them take a look at scripture um, if you had to make it one phrase if you had to summarize this thing at the end and put it into one line or one phrase, what would that be? 
And I, we chose a really short scripture today because I knew it would take you a while to copy it. But you could do it with a longer scripture, um, whether it's Zacchaeus or the, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, the story of the leper. What You can take this and use these kinds of things with every scripture. All right, a couple more. Um, oh, another fun idea. I think anything that you can do that's sort of hands-on um, and has them actually do things when you're relating it to scripture is just good for middle schoolers. Have them put together some kind of puzzle and leave one of the puzzle pieces out and then talk about that missing puzzle piece and what was it like to do that together. Um, and what is it like when we have that empty hole in our heart, when our puzzle piece is missing? What does that feel like? And build it around something that they have to do together. One year I had um, a group of girls and we planted in the spring, I got little tiny pots from Home Depot and we planted seeds and talked about watering them and growing. And then we watched them and then they had them um, to take home. And some of them actually grew those things until they were full grown plants. Lots of people killed them. Um, but as part of the lesson, as we talked through that thing, um, they had a practical thing that they were doing. It just made it more fun. We've taken kids to pottery studios and talked about the potter and the clay and, and jars of clay and uh, Jesus molding us and shaping us. You could do the same thing with Play-Doh if you brought miniature things of Play-Doh to campaigners one day. Um, so there's lots of different, fun, creative things that you can do that just engages their minds a little bit more and connects the scripture to what they're doing. Um, so that's another fun thing. Um, turn that scripture into a prayer. Like at the end, have them say, have, have one of them, or have them all try to write it, and then maybe one of them is brave enough to read it. It's really hard to always call middle schoolers out because you want to do all you can to not embarrass them. Um, and along that note, at the end of campaigners, as you are praying with them, mix that up and do all the, do popcorn prayers, do, do all kinds of different ways that they pray at the end. Don't, don't have it always be you because we want to teach them to be comfortable praying. So we want them to do it, but you may want to ask for volunteers. Um, so, trying to think if there's anything else. We really wanted to give you guys some time at the end to be able to ask questions too um, about wildlife in general or anything about that. Oh, the hands are going up already. So, I think, how much time do we have? I think we only have like a minute. Okay, here we go. First one in the back. Okay, well, I would say that that happens almost in every campaigners with middle schoolers I've ever led. Um, so they do get lost on tangents. I would say give them two seconds, but then you just have to be sort of the louder one in the group and say, okay, we'll talk more about that after campaigners. And then I just pull them right back in. So, or I, you know, whether it's somebody, just go on to the next question. But I just sort of cut them off. I'll let them talk about their cat for about two, you know, and a half seconds. And then I just pull them right back in. What do you have as the best time of day to do middle school campaigners? Oh, that's a good question. What's the best time of day to do middle school campaigners? Um, 
What? Okay, I'll bet you'll get every answer. We, last semester, did our campaigners before school, but we didn't get as many kids um, because they couldn't get to school early. So we switched it up. We just um, started doing it Friday nights now because, like Tracy was saying, my wildlife club is from 5.30 to 7 every other Friday. And so on the off Fridays, we do campaigners. And so we just do it at the exact same time because in parents, it gets regular. Everybody remembers, oh, it's Friday. There's I think, too, you could try um, after school. Like, if they have a break, you could say, or if there's somewhere they can walk or bike, hey, meet us at the library. We're going to try it right. It probably depends on your school, though, and just your group. So do you have any advice on transitions? Because I'm really good at talking to my boys about like Fortnite or football or whatever. But then transitioning into scripture, I find it's kind of difficult sometimes, and they get more focus on that instead. I think you can ask a transitional question. So start with something along, you know, you don't want to go from like, hey, we were playing basketball and now to like, here's Proverbs, whatever, right? <laughs> but you can ask a question of like, hey, what was the best Christmas gift you ever got? Or what's something that your parents have done for you that you didn't expect? And then that can at least help kind of, we, we're sitting in a circle, we're starting that. It can at least help to kind of transition into that space. And there's an entire list of those questions on the staff resources site. It's a whole big list. when they do something like that, planning my next campaigner lesson about that. So it sort of gets them right where they were, you know, coming from. So, so that's what I would try to do. Ooh. I think the thing I, that I always think through is I don't ever want, um, I don't ever want to take their childhood from them. So I think if the line to me is if I'm, you know, sharing a testimony or want to go into some different things, if they don't like if they don't know what drugs are or those sorts of things, I think you can describe those things in a way where they understand what was happening, but you're not saying like, hey, this person was in a bathroom shooting up heroin. Like they don't need to know that. And so I think that's where you draw the line. You can say like I had a relationship with a lot of boys or I, or we've seen people do that, but you're not saying you're not going into those details. And that's where I think we don't want to teach them those things, but we do want to address that those things are happening and they hear them. And so where kind of is that balance has been my kind of line. Right. And I think that um, making bad choices, I made a bad choice is a good generalized way to say a lot of things. And um, if you have someone that you think, hey, they may, we maybe do need to go into that conversation deeper, that's a great, hey, let's get, let's get lunch or let's do something and let me 
they're experiencing it, so maybe we do need to have more of a... Yes, but pull them, do that. Yeah. Take them aside, have those conversations separate from a campaigner group. Hey, one last thing too, um, as you're planning campaigners, you might wonder like, what do we talk about? What are topics? I always ask our teams three questions. What, um, what is something we want them to know? That might be that the Lord loves them. That might mean that they're beautiful. That might mean that um, he created them. What is something we want them to know? What is something we want them to do or that they need to do loving their friends? caring for their parents, reading scripture, and then just what is the Lord teaching you? And so as you're planning those things, ask yourselves those questions as a team. Think about the girls or guys in your room and kind of what what are those things for them? And that might help spur on some. You probably, yeah. One more question maybe right there in the back. in the fall a lot of times what we do is we um, invite them to an activity like we invite them to come do something and we're not having campaigners yet so it might be getting together at some girl's house to do some kind of craft or you know like especially if something's coming like a holiday or something's coming up um, or just to bake cookies or to do something like that. I know we keep saying that and the guys are like, yeah, whatever. We don't invite guys to bake cookies. But they eat them. But they do eat them. Um, but do an activity with them and don't have a lesson. So, like, you can have the conversation. You can have a couple of conversations in that. Hopefully there's a window to a conversation there. But if they start meeting together, if you start building the relationships, then you can say, hey, next time we get together... Do you guys mind if we do like a little short devotion? Um, or don't call it that. Um, but don't call it that. I mean, you can say, hey, do you mind if we just talk? Talk. If we sit around and I ask yeah, some questions and have a conversation. And if they've been to cabin, a lot of times the best way to start that is if they've been to weekend camp, an easy transition is to start campaigners after you've been to weekend camp. Because then they know the term cabin time. They know what cabin time was. They know, oh, then we're just going to sit in a circle and we're going to open scripture, but we're also just going to talk about life and all of that. So I think that that's a good transition. Um, we will be around kind of out in that hall if you have other questions. But again, thank you all. Thank you yeah. for Thanks, loving you guys. middle Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Life Midlands Podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe, and we'll have more good content coming your way.